listener and welcome to a brand new episode of Injury Time in which we'll be talking a lot of I-League action and also preview the big Jordan vs. India friendly game which is due in a few days time. And today joining me on the show is Orko from Delhi. Hey Orko. Hi Navin. How is it? How's Delhi being? Uh, very smoggy as usual Navin. No change here. Dude, it's raining there. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and also joining us today is Mihir. Mihir, where are you joining us from today? I'm in Mumbai, Navin. How are you? I am doing really good. I'm also in Bombay. Unfortunately, we are not in the same location. So we are doing this con call. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, there's quite a lot of I-League action that happened over the week So we'll just dive right into it and then move on to the national team And then look at the Jordan friendly Orko, coming to you first Minero finally got a win this game week when they beat Aizwal FC A 2-1 result in favour of the defending champions Pretty satisfied that Punjab team should be this time Yeah, they should be They reverted back to their basics Which they followed last season They tried to play it long and short, mostly long <laughs> They got a couple of goals of set pieces and um, Iwal are to blame for both the goals that they considered. For the second goal, the man was in the line but failed to stop two race header. So yeah, for Minerva it was a bit of a smash in grass, but they'll take it. Whereas for Iwal, you know, the season just lurches from bad to worse now. Well, yes, it doesn't matter how it comes as long as it comes in Minerva's case. Another team that also had a win this game week was Bagan when they beat Indian Arrows 2-0. This game was held in Bhubaneswar, Orko. What do you make of this one? Well, yeah, uh, the Indian Arrows had a lot lot of chances in this game, but they failed to put it away. Uh, Mohan Bagan themselves won't be very happy. They should have won the larger margin, but they failed to capitalize. Uh, Kishegras... Strength and physicality proved very invaluable up front as he, uh, you know, toyed with the Arrows defenders, setting up Dika for the first goal. So, overall, Shankarlal will be happy to get that first win out of the way. But uh, it was nowhere as convincing as we thought it would be, especially given the fact that we thought that Bagan were odds-on favourites for the title. So, there's a lot of work to be done there. But yeah, this match... Uh, went ahead on expected lines. I don't think it was a unexpected result in any way. Not an unexpected result, but Orko, you just said that Shankarla Chakraborty has a lot of work to do. But one organization that's doing a little bit of work is the All India Football Federation. They just signed a MOU with the Odisha government. Mir, uh, more on that, what is this thing that's about Odisha government taking keen interest in sports over the past few years? You have the Hockey World Cup, which will be held in Bhubaneswar in a few weeks from now. Right, uh, but, but before I speak, uh, I mean, uh, speak about that, I mean, you, you said that uh, one organization that's doing a lot of work and the AIF, that uh, we can have a totally different debate someday on that. Uh, but Odisha, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting what's happening there. Uh, they're, they're investing a lot across sports, be it hockey or football now, for that matter, or even athletics. I mean, if you look at them in the last two years, they've been investing heavily in the sports. Uh, the country of India, in fact, uh, is, is actually pretty nice. Uh, you, I, I don't know actually why not be recently over there, so I don't know how the playing surface for the football ground is. But uh, the complex is nice, the facilities are really, really good, and they've done some good work. Uh, why it's everyone's case? I mean, the, the safest guess when you talk to people over there is it's, it's a lot of political mileage to be gained over there with the elections coming up. And they see sport as a one way of uh, getting that mileage. And also, they're, they're going a big time into sports tourism. So, 
So their idea is to make Orissa a hub for sports and especially and with the Puri and and apparently the uh, tourist places around. They want to combine the two factors and do something around that. Well, guys, both of you all, for that matter, have been in Bhubaneswar covering sporting events. Orko, I remember you were there for that Asian Athletic Championship, and me here over the past few years, you've been there covering various hockey competitions. What have you made of Bhubaneswar as a sporting destination so far? Uh, so, I mean, uh, the, the, the stadium and, and the people actually are very, very cool. I mean, the fans are some of the best that we've seen uh, in, in across India, for that matter. I don't think there is. Uh, a parallel to hockey atmosphere at, at the Kalinga Stadium. I mean, uh, we had 7,000 people till the last, till, for the last two tournaments at Kalinga, and the atmosphere was crazy. I remember last uh, year at the World League Finals, there was this crazy storm, uh, but still people turned up around 6,000 or 7,000 people turned up at the stadium, and it was an electrifying atmosphere for that match. So, in terms of for fan engagement, I think there is there are very few cities who actually match up to that. It's also because not not a lot of things happen in Bhubaneswar, so sport is something they really cling on to. I don't know how much of it will translate to football because uh, uh, I mean football is not really big active over there, and uh, we have seen empty stadiums uh, in the first couple of matches for the Arrows, and we'll see what happens if they ever play a national team match over there. Well, that about Meir. Orko, what do you think of Bhubaneswar as a sporting destination? How was that whole experience there, going there and covering that Asian Athletic Championship a few years back? Well, uh, Navi, it was uh, different from the usual experience of covering athletics in, say, Patiala or New Delhi or any other place for the matter because I think it's the first time that I saw such a huge crowd for athletics at the Kalinga Stadium. Uh, you know where the other uh, other sports are also play in the Kalinga Stadium complex. We saw almost ten thousand to fifteen thousand turn up every day to watch athletics. And uh, keep in mind that this was just a month before the World Championships, and not every you know not the best competitors from Asia turned up. Uh, despite that, I think uh, Odisha has this love for sports. And uh, it can also be that <laughs> the potential, not as viewership, but also in terms of sporting talent. I don't know that a lot of sprinters come out from there. So, I mean, if they can successfully, you know, combine these two, the perspective and trust plus having sporting talent, I think we might just witness, you know, the birth of a new sporting destination there. But yeah, like May said, a lot of events being held there back to back. So uh, I think it's already seeing the for the attention it, it deserves. The city deserves all the accolades that it is getting for its investment into sports. Guys, coming back to football, coming back to I-League, another team who's surprised everyone with their performance so far has been Real Kashmir. But unfortunately, the past game week, they also endured their first loss of the I-League campaign, going down to Neroka. Again, a home game from Real Kashmir. Mir, what do you make of this uh, whole performance? I remember last time you telling me that the whole campaign could be up and down for Real Kashmir. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, the will be more down than enough. Uh, and let's be honest, I mean, they have a very romantic story. It's, it's a very sexy story to sell, but on field, there are some glaring problems with everything. I mean, I, uh, in the first matches, even through the uh, second division campaign last year, we really saw very little of their midfield in terms of creativity and skill. Uh, they're not able to create chances. They're creating chances. The strikers have been extremely, extremely different. 
uh, I, I spoke to David, uh, uh, the coach, uh, you know, after the match uh, against Churchill, and uh, it's something that even he's worried about, especially uh, the midfield. Uh, not able to really hold the ball at times, the country mm-hmm. position very, very easily. And uh, against a, a team that is well set up, like Meroka, they're going to face problems. Uh, and I wasn't surprised with the result at all. And I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to struggle going forward. Well, not surprised to see Real Kashmir struggle, but Orba, I'm pretty sure you're surprised to see Meroka win, a first win for them this season. What do you make of that? <coughs> well, the, the, both the goals came against... Uh, the run of play. Uh, I think for the first goal, uh, you know, uh, Loveday misses a kick and Ravanan's out of position and, you know, they, they just capitalized on it, Neroka. And uh, the second also almost came out of nowhere. I, I won't say that this completely undeserved, but yes, uh, they'd be glad to get that first win out of the way, especially um, considering the fact that <laughs> You know, Aizal and Lajong are also struggling. So, uh, they hope not to, you know, get involved in a three-way battle with them. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Real Kashmir will have an up-and-down campaign. So, I think teams can expect to pick up points. Well, you expect Naroka to pick up points, but one team that is struggling to pick up points is Shillong Orko. Another loss for them going down to Gokulam Kerala FC in this past week. Problems just keep mounting for this side. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I think it was inexperienced completely from them. They considered three goals against Gokulam, but uh, they were amateurish goals to concede. All for uh, Gani, Rajesh and uh, German's goal, they were uh, completely out of position. I mean, the, the Gokulam strikers had far too much uh, space in the box, if you actually go and look at the goals. So, Lajov's inexperience is actually proving uh, to be really tough on them. And uh, Lajov always had this policy of brooding, you know, you know, running youngsters. But uh, in most cases, those youngsters came with a bit of experience, let's say two, three years of experience of playing the SPL, the Geelong Premier League. In this case, it's, it's a very young squad, it's only played its first Geelong Premier League, most of them, uh, including the striker who actually got the goal, Frankie Boam. So, I, I'm really starting to fear for, for Geelong. And, uh, you know, they don't even have a mercurial talent like uh, Isaac was during uh, Boys last season. So, you know, things might be tough for them this season. Well, Meer, coming to you, one question on Shillong. Do you think the whole approach that Shillong Lajong has taken this season to go with a very inexperienced side to the I-League where competition is very fierce, backfiring at this moment? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't think this was... Uh, I, I don't see it as a very strategic move, uh, to be honest. I think it's a move forced uh, upon them because of the whole uncertainty around I-League. I mean, yeah, it's, it's certain... Um, I'm sure uh, at some point they would have given this a, a, a thought. Uh, you know, the struggle around uh, the league through the season with an inexperienced squad. But if we, if we kind of well on it, I think it, it comes down to the whole uncertainty around I League and the whole I League and IFC battle that's been going on for the last few years already. So I think it's, it's more to do about that than the conscious uh, decision by the club uh, to really invest or, or I mean, it's, it's a combination of both. 
well as a combination of both and probably making things worse for the so called torch bearers for indian football could be chennai city's impressive run in this early part of the season the early trend setters like i would like to call them or go another win for them this time over east bengal topping the table so far do you see them go all the way this time well i mean east bengal bought players from aizol uh, last to last season and bought uh, for last season and bought players from uh, minerva this season so maybe they'll buy players from chennai city next season <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I mean, East Bengal, it's a it's a club of contradictions, isn't it? Uh, it? They play really badly in the CFL, and then they come to the I League, and you think you know this is Bagans here. Then they start very well with two uh, solid away victories. Then they come home, then twenty five thousand crowd expects them to win, and uh, they play absolutely shoddily. I mean. Chennai City dominated the game. They had uh, twenty shots, I think, to East Bengal six, uh, more shots on target. Uh, Romario and Nestor absolutely, you know, tore the wings down. And uh, East Bengal had no answer. Actually, the the two goals were well deserved. It actually, could have been more if Manzi had taken his first half chance. So, I mean, uh, tough luck for East Bengal, but uh, Chennai City look really good. Like I said, I saw even the four Spanish guys. They are, you know, they they're smart. They're smart hires, and we might just see another surprise winner again. Well, I am hoping for that. I love surprises, especially when it comes from Ily. All right, guys, that's about the I League and the matches that happened over the past game week. But we are not done yet. We have the national team discussion after this break, and more importantly, the preview to the. Jordan versus India friendly a match that most of us are looking eagerly forward to so stay tuned because we'll be right back after this fall break Hey listener and welcome back to Injury Time your one stop shop for everything Indian football and like we mentioned before the break we are all into the Jordan versus India friendly now which is due on Saturday or go coming to your first the biggest news coming from this game is that Sunil Chetri will be missing to an ankle injury and Constantine looked really tense in yesterday's press conference yes uh, i think uh, a lot of discussion around uh, the rift between Chetri and Constantine and uh, a lot of uh, attempts there to um, you know ruffle Constantine's feathers but he's right i mean he has no reason to drop chetri because come on this is the only guy in his team who's scoring any goals at club or national level at the intercontinental cup in mumbai chetri scored 8 of india's 11 goals i mean any india manager in his right mind would be you know would be off his rocker to actually drop chetri irrespective of whatever risk they have so chet conson also mentioned that no this is a long term issue this is not something that we can fix on the short term and and he actually looked helpless he he posed the question back to the media saying if you have a striker who's fit who's firing who's of that level please tell me we'll take him and he's absolutely right i mean we a lot of fans on on twitter calling him out saying you know the white fussy blame white sarut chaudhary blame why these guys playing but come to think of it there's not a single striker who can come in and say you know will dramatically improve the team there is nobody i mean apart from these guys who is selected ck will it's probably the only option who is not 
going to a Jordan game. But yeah. Well, I won't go with him. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, I mean, it's probably time to run a few youngsters along with uh, the likes of Chetri Balban and uh, JJ. JJ, even though he's 28, he looks like he has lead in his legs for the first part of the season. So, uh, Manveer Singh is possibly the guy we have to look forward to for the next five, six years. So, it's it's the right call by Constantine. And, uh, yeah, let's say he's not, you know, he's not made any radical decisions by dropping, uh, dropping anybody deserving from the... Yeah, yeah. I All right, also add said that and, and continue on it, basically. We've been, we've been hearing a lot about this whole Chetri versus Constantine crap for a long time now. It's been almost more than a year. And uh, there are differences in almost any unit. I mean, if you take your office desk, I'm sure there'll be differences there too. But these guys, I mean, whatever said in them, Chetri has been professional enough to deliver. I mean, he could have easily, you know, bossed around and built a Kobe and got Constantine out. He hasn't done that. And Constantine could have been vindictive and kept Chetri out saying, what is my excuse? But both know that, Chetri knows that results have come under Constantine and Constantine knows that results have come because of Chetri. So both are mutually kind of dependent on each other. And uh, to, to suggest anything otherwise, I think at this stage is quite uh, nonsense, to be honest. Well, the only thing we can suggest right now is enough of this crap. Let's just focus on the game on the pitch and let's take it from there and not come up with theories where there is a rift between the coach and the captain and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. even if there is a rift, and I'm sure there is a rift because there is no smoke without any fire, but uh, uh, yeah, we just need to move on. Yeah, and this is not the right time because you know the Asian Cup is like less than 60 days from now. We need to concentrate on the game on the pitch and try to improve there rather than concentrating on things out of it. Exactly. Well, Mir, continuing with you, this absence of Chetri also means an opportunity for other guys in the squad, especially the likes of JJ, Balwant and now Manveer for that matter. JJ has been off-color this season, throughout the season so far. Balwant has fired and fired and not fired. He's been on and off. Manveer came up with that one goal against Kerala. What do you make of the other strikers in the team? This is the very moment where they can stand up and shine, isn't it? Well, uh, to be honest, I don't think we can rely on anyone. Uh, the team can't rely on any of the strikers. So we are again staring at the possibility that, that uh, there will be a goalless Indian effort away from home once again. Uh, I, I've done a story a couple of months ago and that last month, uh, that in the first three months of the year, uh, None of these guys uh, have scored in double digits. Uh, uh, AJ had around five or seven goals. Manveer had won. Balwan had, had hardly played throughout the year. So our strikers, apart from Chetri and JJ, A, they haven't been getting game time, enough game time with their clubs. And when they have been on field, they've been extremely, extremely disappointing. So, uh, and, and we'll, we'll all debate the inclusion of Sumit Pasi and... Uh, um, we can go on and on for it about it, but it doesn't matter who you play up front uh, because none of them really have the quality and none of them really inspire confidence in me. Even JJ, we've been hearing about various things forever now, but he hasn't really taken up responsibility and and in absence of Sunil or whoever, he hasn't really come into his own and goals when the team wants. Well, absolutely a point that Mihir made. But Orko, coming to you with this question now, how much of this we can blame on the clubs in India? 
you can always go on and say that these players, the Indian players don't get a chance in the club because the clubs prefer a foreign striker. But on the contrary, when you're not that good, a club is forced to go for a foreign striker, isn't it? That's right. Uh, one, I mean, we can all be self-righteous today and say, you know, the clubs don't go for foreign strikers, play Indian strikers. But then one club breaks from the mold and says, no, I'm going for a foreign striker. Then what do you do? You don't just take good time, you know, uh, lose all the games. So you, you can't blame this only on the club. This is the entire system, right? Because I mean, Conway mentioned this yesterday. Because uh, a, a young guy comes in, he wants to be a striker, but then he looks at the club, says, "Oh, you know, all foreign strikers. Uh, let me play, uh, you know, out left or let me play uh, as right back." So, so young Indian players also. And if you, if you look at the ISL, most Indian players are playing either as the defensive mids or defenders up front. It's, it's it's mostly foreigners, and it is also true that uh, we we've not had a lot of striker striking role models to you know look forward to as strikers. We had Vijayan, we had Butia, we had we had Chetri. But you know these are once in a generation players for India. Where's the consistency in churning out good strikers? So unless and until you have good strikers, then we can start the discussion of you know where where we want to play them. You know why they deserve more game time. Currently they don't. Currently, honestly, Don Gailey is completely within his rights to drop Jaisal Albertlaw because, because let's be honest, he's just here and then one minute. This this season is not look convincing for a single one of those, and neither has Balwan. Balwan got one goal, but he is grown hot and cold. He has, I think, one goal in his last twelve ISL games. Uh, same goes. Man- Manvi is not even starting. He's on the bench. So it's uh, it's a difficult scenario. A difficult scenario for the Indian team. Meer, like I mentioned earlier, less than 60 days to go for the Asian Cup. How do you see this team prepare, man? What can we expect come Jan? Um, I don't know what to expect come Jan, but uh, at least we'll have a fair idea now once the Jordan game is over. Uh, we've seen them against China, which was a very good team. These guys can keep their shape and they can defend and not concede goals. Against Jordan, I, I'm really excited to see how the match shapes up because we've been speaking about this a lot, about the rankings and how you know the FIFA ranking is like India better than Jordan. Um, we know on, on Saturday, that is actually the case. For it's, it's, it's the gap is still huge between the two countries. And I think Jordan game should, should make the picture very clear as to what can we expect from India at the Asian Cup. Although, although from what, what I've seen uh, from China and, and the other games uh, in the last year or two, I don't think the campaign should be as bad as uh, 2011 in terms of the number of goals we can see at least. I was watching that Jordan versus Croatia friendly during the last international window and Jordan looked like a team that is pretty difficult to break down. At least against Croatia, it looked like that because you knew going into that game, Jordan would sit back and defend in numbers. On Saturday, when they know they are up against a team, a depleted team, if you can say, without J3, will you see something different, Orko? Uh, no, I don't think we'll... Uh... Anything different. It will be difficult to break down. But going forward, they'll be uh, much more confident against a team like India, especially one without, you know, playing without its uh, talismanic attacker. So, Jordan, yes, Jordan may not be the strongest team in that part of the world, in that region, 
but you know they faced uh, some pretty quality opposition uh, this uh, year and they've faced like of oman lebanon as you mentioned croatia this uh, beaten finland this year so i'd expect a really tough game and i think the blueprint for india will be the same as china and i also think the blueprint in the asian cup will also be the same sit back in numbers and defense it what what we are expecting from the jordan game and also going ahead to the asian cup guys that's all on this episode of injury time it was pleasure having you both meer thanks a lot for joining in today's episode my pleasure amarin thanks a lot for having me and orko like always it was good having you on the show man thanks amarin thanks for having me on the show and hey listener thanks a lot for being us throughout this episode remember next week we'll be bringing you everything that happened in that friendly in jordan and looking forward to the other club matches in india until then have a great week and enjoy the game